So the title, Am I the COVID idiot for telling my eight-year-old that religion exists so that priests can make rent? (laughs) Here's the story. (laughs) Welcome to episode 31 of the Humanist Agenda podcast. My name is Kenny. I'm Sherry. And I'm Brad. So Rory isn't here today because he is at work and his work is deemed essential. Doing God's work, one would say. <laughs> For lack of a better term. So there's this coronavirus going around, and he is working at a grocery store, so we thank Rory for his service. Mm-hmm. So he can't be here with us. He's taking Thanks, extra Rory. shifts and and uh, doing the good thing and keeping everyone with groceries. And we are recording this podcast on Zoom where each of us are in completely separate locations, trying to make sure we are keeping up with social distancing. It's very weird. I miss our library sessions where we could look at each other and be in each other's presence, but that's okay. It's a new world. I've been in isolation for over three weeks now because I came back from a trip to Europe in February and in early March, I basically have been isolated, especially since after I got back from Europe, I came down with a cough. So, but I, I'm all good now. I was worried about you when you came back because you said you started to get like a cough or something like that. And I was like, I don't know. Fortunately, I think it was a cold because I didn't really get any of the classic symptoms from uh, what the coronavirus is supposed to give you. But um, it was just a good precaution for me just to stay isolated, just in case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's good that you went into uh, social isolation or self-isolation or whatever it's called. Well, glad you're well now. Yep, I was glad I had enough supplies, uh, including enough toilet paper. So I didn't really need to go out into the stores to hunt for toilet paper. Oh, good. I was running out of toilet paper and realized that people were hoarding it, and that was it. Like, uh, the stores were already out of toilet paper by that point. So I was wondering what I was going to do. I honestly don't understand why people are hoarding toilet paper. This isn't like the norovirus where you're going to be, like, pooping yourself <laughs> the entire time. Because uh, one primate saw another primate with a cart full of toilet paper, and, yeah, you know, monkey see, monkey do. And then the rest of us panicked because we actually needed toilet paper. And so then we were like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get toilet paper too. I actually went to Costco for my toilet paper, which was like crazy. Only place to go for toilet paper. <laughs> it was crazy. People, I went there uh, half an hour before they opened. I was driving, I went to two different places before I got there. It was a half hour before their opening times and they were actually open and there were people streaming out of the store with, like, cartfuls of Costco toilet paper. So it was, like, four packages of Costco toilet paper. It's like, nobody needs that much. That's, like, what, a couple years' supply of toilet paper? Forever. Yeah. Seriously, I only got yeah. one pack. I'm kind of sad. Like, I, I saw it was on sale, so I really wanted two. But I decided, like, my $5 will be okay. I can spend it later. Somebody else will get my package. It's fine. <laughs> I don't know why everyone's stocking up on toilet paper. For me, I was stocking up on Nutella. You definitely need Nutella to survive a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Nutrition, yes. (laughs) Getting your protein in? Does it have protein? It has a lot of sugar. 
but you basically need Nutella to help you cope with the long periods of isolation. I don't know how else you would cope without Nutella. Okay. <laughs> oh, for your sanity. Okay. I haven't really stocked up on anything. I like I got my toilet paper, but that was a normal purchase. We eat at restaurants probably more than we should. Yeah, so we don't typically have a ton of food on hand. So we did go grab like some staple stuff, like some canned goods and some things that we can kind of hang on to. Not a ton. Like we're we're pretty okay. We're self-isolating. We aren't really going anywhere socializing. But we you know, figured uh, once a week at the grocery store and get like bread or milk or things that, you know, you can't, yogurt, things that you can't really stock up on. And we're, that seems pretty good. As long as there's still food hitting the shelves, I, I, we're pretty happy with that uh, situation. Thanks to Rory, our grocery yes. stalker. Yes, Rory. Shout out to Rory. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. Like, Ali and I will eat out at restaurants a lot or, like, fast food. And so it's sort of – it's been really weird to be going to a grocery store to stock up on stuff. I've got extra uh, package – I've got two extra packages of pasta, like dried pasta and some pasta sauce. I got it before everyone started hoarding that. So – uh, or I got one package before everyone started hoarding it because I figured I was going to eat pasta that week, and then I was like, "Oh, maybe I'll save this for another week." But it, yeah, it's been it's been strange because I usually go like to the grocery store twice a week, get little things like milk, cheese, whatever, and now it's like I'm trying to save everything for my one trip because I don't want to go multiple times in a week. It's a scary place out there. I've actually been increasing the amount of times I've been ordering out and eating out. I've been using like Skip the Dish and DoorDash to basically have food delivered to me uh, right at my door. And I don't even need to interact with anyone. They just essentially knock on my door and leave a bunch of food in front of me. I know. That's awesome. Yeah. We, got, uh, we got Uber Eats last night uh, just to sort of kind of do that same sort of thing. Like, you know, we do want our restaurants to still be there when this is all done, right? So... Yeah, I've been ordering at restaurants just around me, especially kind of smaller chains or kind of these small restaurants uh, and family-owned restaurants as well because uh, I think they definitely do need the business. Uh, I took a walk uh, recently and everything's just empty. So um, just trying to do my best to help out. That's good. Allie was laid off from work, so we're trying to do less of that right now. So Because she doesn't have – yeah, she doesn't have that – backup plan like I do so teachers are still getting paid um so I'm not concerned about my job security but yeah with Allie like she just no more dental hygiene so yeah there's no real plan in place so we're trying to do the groceries and stuff a bit more than than that but we did order out last night she ordered from a local shop and then I ordered Qdoba so that wasn't great on my part but like Qdoba needs money too right (laughs) Everybody. So speaking of the coronavirus, have you guys heard of the term COVIDiot? I have only just heard this term now, so maybe you can explain to me. So everyone is supposed to be practicing social distancing right now, where you're supposed to stay at home, not go in public spaces, and make sure uh, you stay, you know, two meters away from people. However, some people seem to be ignoring this advice from our public health officials. So this term COVIDiot has been created and the definition is a stupid person who stubbornly ignores social distancing protocol. 
thus helping to further spread COVID-19. It also refers to a stupid person who hoards groceries needlessly spreading COVID-19 fears and depriving others of vital supplies. So for today's episode, we were going to go on Reddit and go to one of the subreddits called Am I the blank? Insert a uh, swear word that starts with the letter A. And it's basically almost like a place to ask for advice on whether someone's acting like a covid So I'm going to replace that a swear word with covid for the purpose of uh, today's episode. So the so we're going to read people's postings on Reddit, and we will determine whether they are being a covid or not. We were really lucky we were planning this topic ahead of time, because like at the end of the last recording, we were like, oh, we got to like make things a little bit happier, a little bit brighter in the next one. And now it's like we're in the apocalypse and we actually need some happiness. So it's good that we're we're doing this topic, this this uh, this recording. So I do have one that is related to COVID-19. So we can maybe start with that and then we can move on to another one. Do you? You found a COVID one. So for the first one, am I the covid for snapping at my mom for talking about COVID-19 in front of my son? So this writer uh, essentially has a mom and a nine-year-old son. And the, uh, this, the writer has already spoken to her son about the coronavirus at home, about Italy being locked down and how they're kind of preparing for the isolation. So uh, the son has come to uh, the writer uh, a few times and has kind of expressed being worried and scared about it. And overall, the child has uh, some anxieties about uh, the coronavirus and how it's spreading around the world. Um, Essentially, uh, the writer told her son that all he has to do is wash his hands regularly, uh, keep using hand sanitizer, and he doesn't need to worry too much. The son has also said, you know, he doesn't want them talking about it uh, anymore at home. Um, so they've been uh, kind of just limiting the conversations around coronavirus. And now enter in the writer's mother. So, so the mother has been coming over, visiting, and she likes to express her thoughts about the coronavirus and how it's going to hit their city soon and how they need to stock up now um, and they need to do errands to kind of uh, prepare and talking about how her friends are at risk of dying because of it. And obviously the son is nearby and can hear all of this conversation and obviously the son had a very worried expression on his face and so the writer asked her mother to stop talking about it and told her that you know her son was become was becoming uncomfortable with the conversation and the mother continues on and on about how there are no masks in the stores and people are going to get infected go to the hospital and die And eventually, the writer just had enough. 
and essentially told her mother that she had to leave. So she basically grabbed her mother's bag, told her that she had to leave, and she left. Later on, the mother obviously told um, told the rest of the family, and now the other family members believe that the writer is being a covidiot. So the question is, is the writer being a covidiot? She's trying to protect her son from this anxiety, and but her mother thinks that they're being overly protective of her son, and her son needs to just get used to it, essentially. You're the only one qualified for this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, uh, my uh, daughter, I have a daughter who is about to turn seven, uh, whose birthday has been thrown, uh, birthday plans have been thrown, you know, uh, into the grinder uh, due to our current situation. So, uh, yeah, we have, we're pretty honest with her about it. Like, I watch a f- I watch the news a lot, probably more than I would like, you know, like more than I should. Like, it's kind of sometimes depressing. But so I'm watching the news. So she catches it. She understands, you know, she knows what's happening. She, you know, we're on her about washing hands. But we're also at the same time telling her that we're taking these precautions, not because we are in danger, but because we want to keep everybody safe. So. Again, I think that's a different message than the, the mother was giving in this particular story, where this mother was talking about, well, everyone I know is going to die, right? That's not at all the kind of messaging we are uh, putting out there, I guess, to us. You know, that's what we're going outside, go for walks around the neighborhood. You know, we're finding, you know, fun things to do inside. We're doing some drawing. I got a, you know... VR headset uh, just after Christmas, so she enjoys that. So we're just trying to keep her entertained, occupied. Has she been asking a lot of questions about coronavirus and why people have to be isolated? Not a bunch. Like, and I said, I, I think we do try to be somewhat proactive and just sort of like, you know, we're, we we have kind of explained to her what viruses are because she has asked what like what's a, what's a virus right so there have been you know some little lessons along the way um nothing really deep you know she hasn't like necessarily stumped us on anything yet with like oh how am I going to answer that but uh, she's she is very inquisitive but we also talk to her a lot proactively to try and get just some good positive messaging to her about this because there's a lot you know. And the, and the thing that's difficult is because we're watching the news and what's making the news is like Italy and China and the United States so where it is really bad, you know, and people are not in, you know, are, are in danger. And so on one hand, she's, so, so we have had to make that clear, like, you know, other places it's not great because they haven't been doing what we're doing. So we're trying to, this is how we are trying to protect. And so, and, and again, we can still go out. We can, you know, we still go get our groceries. I, we don't really do that as a family, but we're still, you know, get out a little bit, do some walking around the neighborhood, go grab some groceries. So it's like we're, there's still some, you know, normal life in there. And I think as long, at least as long as that is going, I think, I think we're okay uh, as far as keeping her uh, mentally well, you know, uh, through Does this. Does she wonder why she's not in school? Because she's school age now. Yeah, not yet, and maybe next week, because this is her March break anyway, so she wasn't going to be 
in school this week anyway. Uh, the next two weeks, like, you know, when she is supposed to have been in school, uh, that might be, uh, might get her some questions. And we're also fortunate. My, my wife also works with the school board, so she's also off with her. So we haven't had to make plans for this. They get to spend the day together. And so, I mean, I think she's just happy that she's getting to spend the day with her mom. And I'm working from home as of last week, uh, myself. So I'm home during the day. I'm mostly locked up in my basement working. I'm quite, quite busy at work right now because we're trying to get, uh, like city employees ready to be working from home. So, uh, we're setting up laptops and, you know, it's, it's quite a bit. So I'm downstairs, even though I'm home, I'm not very present during the day, uh, during their March break. And I guess probably in the next week or so, uh, but yeah, I think so far she's had no problems. She likes school, but I also think that she likes not going to school, sleeping in and hanging out with her mom and doing fun stuff. So, uh, you know, she's still okay with, with this, with this arrangement. Um, you know, she's definitely missing some play dates and things like that. And, you know, so she's had one of her birthdays canceled or postponed. We're not canceling it, right? You know, we want to make sure it's clear to her that she still gets her birthday and we'll figure something out. If, you know, we've kind of talked about this, like maybe we will open her gifts from her grandparents over FaceTime, right? Cause we have the gifts that her grandparents are going to give her, you know, so then they can still see her open her gifts on her birthday without, you know, any, being any problem. So we are definitely having to make some changes to how things are going. And, but she's taking these all great. Like we've had not had a single meltdown, a single problem. She's very, She's awesome. I, again, we're, I'm pretty, you know, pretty proud of how well she's handled it so far. To be, to be honest. So yeah, you have it's a pretty just intelligent kid, though. You have a really good kid. Thank you very so much. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think it might be easier for you than maybe some other parents. But so, in the case of this writer and her mother, who do we think is kind of in the right here, um, and who is the covidiot? this scenario we know some kids are probably more resilient than others but in this particular case the uh the son was maybe going through some anxiety around the situation and it seemed like the mother wasn't really helping in this situation and maybe to clarify the mother in question is actually the uh grandmother i guess that got kicked out um i wouldn't I mean, I think after the mom makes it clear to her mom that it's upsetting the child and that the mom continues, to me, that'd be, that's a problem, right? Uh, I think what I would probably, if, you know, it would me in this situation, I would say, like, you know, like maybe trying to change the topic on that for now. And when my parents have left, I would have a little talk with my daughter and say, like, look, some people believe different things. Right? And, you know, all you can do is hopefully trust your parents that we're going to give you the best information that we know. And, you know, basically lately, lately, and then I later have a talk with my mom and be like, look, you just, you know, we're trying to keep things together here. This isn't helping. And if you're going to come back and do that again, then I would have to say, maybe you won't be coming back again. But at the same time, we're social distancing and we aren't having parents over anyway. So it's, I was going to say, you, know, you should use the excuse of social distancing. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, mom. Yeah, we got absolutely. a social distance. I can't have you over anymore. Rules is rules. <laughs> and then if you get on like FaceTime with her and she starts doing it, you're just like, oh, the Bad call connection. cut out. 
<laughs> Darn. Yeah. COVID got Rogers. <laughs> yeah, and if anything, it's the uh, grandmother who is going to be more susceptible to uh, COVID-19. And who knows, the you know young people could be carriers and not have a lot of... Uh, visible symptoms and kind of pass it on so if there's anything that the grandmother should be doing it should be staying away from uh everyone and limiting any type of contact with uh uh, with the writer and her son that's a good point yeah yeah this was probably before everything went like bonkers though yeah that's the other thing eh? like everything's moving so fast it is mm. really really hard to just like hard to have that hard to have any conversation about it really you know have like, your parents I could, I... been okay with you social distancing away from like them and anna and um well fortunately for us for both of us like both of our parents one uh, I live in Toronto and the other in Chatham, right? So mm. we're already socially distanced. We don't actually have to like manufacture any space. Um, it is going to be a little bit difficult over the next little bit because like we have a, a birthday at the end of March and a birthday at the beginning of April and a birthday at the middle of April, like in my in my family. So there's going to be a bunch of family things kind of going on or that would have been going on, uh, you know, for for family celebration that won't be. So that would be a bummer. Uh, but yeah, I think my, I mean, my parents are older, you know, pushing, uh, well, I think actually my mom is turning 80 this year. So, um, yeah, uh, we definitely do not want to take, uh, any chances with, uh, with, uh, both of our parents are, are, are older in their eighties and nineties. So, um, yeah, we, we're, I, I think, I think they appreciate how serious this is. Like, I think, uh, you know, I, I appreciate that my parents appreciate how much, how important this is. Cause it seems that there's a lot that aren't like, it seems to be the, the two primary groups that are not giving any, uh, you know, credence to the warnings and to be the, uh, the uh, older folks and, uh, some of those, uh, younger invincible teenagers. <laughs> it's the millennials who are not doing anything wrong. We are social distancing <laughs> And we're being good and we're so anxious. And like my parents, my mom wants to come over and paint. She keeps saying like, I'm going to come over and do this and this and this. And I said, mom, no, you're not coming to see me. And for the next like three weeks at least. Yeah. yeah like, that's it. Calm down. <laughs> Unfortunately, my mom has discovered group FaceTime chat because of this coronavirus. So uh, now she's insisting that me and my brother do group FaceTime chats and uh, she wanted to do one like super early in the morning at like 8 a.m. And my brother's in Vancouver. So, my God, it's just too early, too early in the morning for any type of group chats. Oh, man. What time would that have been? Yeah. Uh, funny. I know. Well, I'm I'm on the opposite. I'm trying to convince my parents not to come over, not to have contact with me. Please go away. They won't, they can't, I don't know. It's hard for them to understand what's going on. And they're in the most susceptible group. Like, they're in the group where, you know, they could die from this. So, like, maybe stay home. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand it. Because I feel like if it were me, I would be in my bunker. Right? Mm. Like, there is a highly contagious virus going around that is, like, 
that people have unfortunately nicknamed Boomer Remover. I'm out of here. Right? What? Oh, oh, no. Oh, you haven't heard that? Eh? Yeah, Boomer Remover. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. That's a oh. thing. Look look at that hashtag. <laughs> oh, so. you've gone down some dark alleys in the internet. I have huh. not been down that way. That was just on my Twitter sidebar. I didn't even have to dig around for that one. Ooh. That was just right out there. Yeah. Ooh, so anyway. Yikes. So yeah, so if that was kind of going around, I feel like if yeah. I were a boomer. <laughs> and they nicknamed this disease after killing yeah, you. Yeah, I'd then, be like... Mm. I'd be calling, I'd be getting my groceries delivered, my takeout delivered. I would, I'd buy a tanning bed for my UV to get my, like, (laughs) my vitamin D, whatever. Build a decontamination tent at the entrance of my house? (laughs) Seriously? Oh, yeah, it would, yeah, I'd be, no one would be I'd be making my own hand sanitizer. (laughs) I've seen this, I have seen this. I haven't tried it I've, yet. I've but. considered it. However, I just heard that distill like distilleries, breweries are now starting to make hand sanitizer. So we're like a full on like wartime effort. Like mm. there are distilleries making hand sanitizers. Uh, Hanes uh, clothing has started uh, making uh, masks. A buddy of mine, uh, he he makes uh, he's he does three D printing. He does like uh, he creates like. He makes a lot of uh, cosplay, like, accessories, like guns and masks and amazing stuff. Uh, he has started printing or has offered to print uh, masks uh, for, uh, for like, N95 duplicates. Uh, and so that is – and I just saw a thing on Twitter today about uh, – I think it was Guelph was calling for anybody with a 3D printer who can print off – some part I, I think it was a, I think it was a headband piece for for the visor so yeah I mean we it's quite amazing to see all of this mobilization happening uh, against it it's nice to know can we I can come in? together can I add in that uh Christian Siriano the uh famous designer has also offered to make some masks oh yeah um, cool he has a sewing team that he's put to work in New York and they're sewing some masks Excellent. That is my pop culture. <laughs> I've um, never heard that name before, but I'm sure that's impressive. <laughs> that's my pop culture reference for this one. I think what's going to be very interesting is when this is all over, um, there's going to be a comparison between uh, how different countries have reacted to uh, the coronavirus. So on the one hand, you have China with a very centralized government, centralized control over their citizens, including communications and also uh, citizens' movements. And then you have the other comparison where you have other countries where you have no centralized control, and whether it's information or your individual freedom, uh, you're able to do what you want and you're not actually controlled by the government. And it's interesting because there are certain countries that have this centralized control that have been able to successfully kind of smooth the rise of uh, infections. I think one of the best examples is Taiwan, where uh, they've been able to uh, reduce the infection rate and 
they did it by um, jumping in early in terms of testing. Uh, they actually monitor people that are in quarantine via their GPS on their phones. So if you leave your quarantine, they will actually hunt you down <laughs> and find you. Um, but they also create the incentives uh, for people to stay in quarantine. So they actually pay you to stay in quarantine. They deliver food to you so that you don't have to leave. Uh, so I think uh, we're going to see some comparisons once this is all over. And there will definitely be a question about whether in this type of crisis, more centralized control over citizens is the most effective way of controlling the outbreak. I think we have, I think we'll see us kind of move in that direction. I just actually saw a, uh, uh, something on Reddit uh, this morning. It was about, uh, it was a Canadian official. I forget who it was now. But basically saying like failure to self-isolate and do all of the things that we're asking you to do. Uh, failing to do that now could throw your civil liberties into jeopardy later. Right? So we have the Emergency Measures Act and the government can keep you in your home and, and have you, you know, arrest you and fine you if you're found out. Like, I mean, the government can do things to become even temporarily more authoritarian and put in place things. So, I mean, like, they're giving us the chance to do the right thing. Yeah, I mean, but the only thing that sucks about that is, you know, if it's if we're at the point where the government is having to do that, you've probably already lost, or you certainly have already lost, right? Like, that's, a, that's the problem. The only correct, uh, uh, just whatever, the only correct way to, to address this is to overreact too soon. That's how you stop it, right? So, but no one will allow for that. It has to get bad. It'll be interesting it's... to see what happens, though, because we've just watched what Italy has gone through. So I'm hoping that we could we acted soon enough to, and enough people kind of took that to heart soon enough that we were able to maybe stop some of it. I follow some um, data trackers and stuff like that. There's a really good one on the Financial Times that has a data yeah. tracker showing like everyone's progress. Yeah, um, I know just what on a graph. About. Yeah, and Canada, I've noticed lately, has gone below the thirty-three percent increase that, like Italy's trajectory was on and China's trajectory was on. So, I'm hoping that maybe we're starting to see some results from that. But like, I even heard uh, a health official say that um, even if we cut our infection rate in half. Our, our hospitals will still be overwhelmed in, like, let's say, 30 days. So yeah, it's yeah, scary. I, I would be surprised if we aren't setting up, like, makeshift, like, uh, school auditoriums to, to house. New York State is already preparing community centers for makeshift hospitals. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm pretty sure that's on our uh, on our trajectory at this point. It's interesting to watch uh, the U.S. though their trajectory. I think that's what worries me the most is like they are far above that thirty three percent increase and climbing and climbing. It's <laughs> yeah. and they're not even testing everyone. So who knows how bad they, it is there? They haven't even like, started ooh. to bend their curve yet. That worries me. Because they're our neighbor. Like, this my, yeah, my in-laws are coming back from Arizona. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> I saw a funny thing about Mexico being concerned about the coronavirus uh, spread in the United States. I'm like, he might actually get the Mexicans to pay for that thing. Yeah. Both Mexico and Canada will build that wall and we will quarantine the U.S. My wife says once we've done that, we just need to put a roof on it. <laughs> we'll be all set. I just think com- I saw a meme of like country. a toilet paper wall or something like that. We need to build a toilet paper wall. <laughs> yeah. My in-laws are coming back from Arizona today. So hopefully they're okay. I don't know. I worry. I worry about what's happening in the States. I just like. Tell them to stay in quarantine. Oh, they are. I told them we're not seeing them. We're, we can FaceTime, but we're not seeing them for 14 days at least. There's this terrifying map online right now if you look up i think it's kinsa k-i-n-s-a uh, look up the kinsa uh u.s health map or something like that so it's a it's a smart thermometer right like a you know that you take your temperature with uh so, but then it, i guess it sends the temperature to your phone but it also sends it to kinsa and so they kind of track the country's temperature and Florida right now is on fire in a very atypical way. You see it. So that is very concerning, uh, given the context of everything else going on, like all the spring breaks that just happened there mm. and like everything that's been going on. It's, oh, wow. uh, yeah. This is a pretty cool map. Oh, this is this Zoom thing. This is so cool that I can <laughs> see this map right now. <laughs> That was pretty slick. <laughs> and Kenny, so, yeah. his background is a COVID nineteen. <laughs> I just molecule. love having a cool background behind me. Uh, this is cool. Seen, I like have, this have, Zoom thing. Have, have you seen the uh, the uh, the remade coronavirus graphic behind Kenny there? That was uh, where all of the red nodes were swapped out with MAGA hats. That was kind of <laughs> funny. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so this map so, yes. shows Florida as like all. Red. Yes, and uh, that would be showing eight. So this particular uh, map is showing atypical, atypical temperatures. So there's your like. That's all of their data, and the atypical is that are the ones that sort of come, you know, uh, that fall outside of whatever their averages are or norms are. So you can kind of see that a little bit in uh, what I think is probably New York, where you can see a little bit of a. Elevated. So if, if New York, which is having the worst outbreak in the country, is currently looking like that, I'm very scared for what might come up in Florida, especially given that Florida is uh, be run by a lot of Republicans. And old people. And, well, that, but I mean Republicans, right? Like, look at the, I mean, look at the difference between how Cuomo's been handling New York and how Trump has been handling things broadly. Right, like he's calling. Yeah, so Florida is very red in the map, and I say we just cut it off. Just cut it off from the country. <laughs> just yeah, cut it off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's right. But are Saw these? Old, listen, are these um, older folks who live in Florida? Are they the ones who are taking their temperature with this smart temperature gauge? Or yeah, yeah, that's yeah. maybe not. I can't imagine my eighty-year-old uh, parents. Linking up their thermometer, their uh, thermometer to their uh, <laughs> to their smartphone, but who knows? Maybe, maybe mm. Florida it would be different. There are a lot of people retiring in Florida, so they're at the uh, the age group that is very susceptible to 
coronavirus. Yeah, yeah that's somewhat alarming. And then you also have all the young people just uh, going on the beach and likely spreading that coronavirus around yeah. as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there in the next couple of weeks. So have a look at this map here where you can see all the infections globally. So here are all the new cases of coronavirus, and you can see it is growing exponentially. Wow, where did you find this? Wow. <laughs> so is that that's everywhere else, right? Yep. Okay, yeah. So you can see China's uh, curve has kind of flattened, but uh, everywhere else in the world, we are continuing to accelerate. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. What is this website? So this is a dashboard created by the John Hopkins University. So they collect all the data around the world and kind of compile it in a single dashboard. Oh, okay. So hopefully as social, uh, social distancing takes place, uh, the curve will hopefully start to flatten and you can hopefully see the logarithmic curve uh, instead of going in a positive slope start to uh, flatten out. What is normal? I feel like we're going to come out of this and it's just going to be like so weird. I, I think everything's going to be different. Like mm. I think there's going to be a very clear delineation between life before and after uh, mm -hmm. this particular pandemic. We'll see. Oh, and I think good. part of that is just because of the inaction of like a lot of Western governments, not even just, I mean, just in terms of not even actually the governments, the people like, again, Italy's only happening. What's happening in Italy is only happening because people didn't listen to the, you know, government telling people to stay in and telling businesses to close. And, you know, nobody was going to do these things voluntarily. And as long as that was happening, it was going to spread. Right. So. And now have a look at the infections by each country. You can see uh, certain ones are not doing wow. very well. And the U.S. has passed Spain. That's uh, remarkable. Yeah, this uh, exponential growth is probably something people can't quite grasp. Uh, one example I heard of kind of trying to explain exponential growth is if you had a pawn and a lily pad that doubled every day, uh, the question would be, you know, at what day would the pawn be 50% covered? And it is the day before the entire pond is covered. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, one of the guys that I f uh, follow, like an epidemiologist, I think, or someone on, is a scientist on Twitter who's kind of involved in this and mm, sort of thing. Basically, it said something that kind of rung out with me and, it was when it comes to exponential growth in viruses of this type or whatever, everything is fine until it's not right. Like it's just, it just happens. So, we, and that's kind of part of the problem, right? Everyone's like, well, it's just the flu because well, it might just look like that because it's still early, right? But you go from one day, well, maybe it's just the flu and a few people are sick to two weeks later, you have 5,000 people sick and, you know, hundreds of people dying a day, right? And that's hard to, you know, we aren't really good at thinking, uh, exp well, period, <laughs> also exponentially, right? Like, we, we don't grasp large numbers and uh, that kind of growth very intuitively to our detriment. Yeah, well, it's even, even looking at Italy with 59,000, like, how can you even process that number? I can't process that number. 
And Italy is like a first world. Like they had one of the better healthcare systems, I believe, in Europe from what I was hearing. Um, you know, when you compare that to Canada, which we have a good healthcare system, but we also have like the lowest, I think, capa- like uh, intensive care capacity as far as like uh, intensive care units per capita and doctors per capita. So we are just, we just don't have the people, which I mean, is fine 98% of the time. Like we have enough to manage our healthcare system. But when something like this comes up, you know, that kind of, uh, that, that lo- that's why we have to flatten the curve. Yeah. I, and it, yeah. And that's tough because it's not like you can expect, I mean, no one would expect the government to fund healthcare at a rate that would sustain, you know, support this disaster indefinitely. Right. So we, 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 we have to sort of find that happy medium of terms. Like what is, what does day to day operations look like? And then how do we plan for these pandemics? And I guess that's the problem. Right. Obama tried to plan for pandemics and then they stopped planning for pandemics. I don't know what Canada does necessarily uh, as far as like planning for these things, you know, having the emergency funds in place to. But again, you can't just create a doctor or a nurse. Right? So I mean, you need actual people with actual knowledge and experience to to be in these situations. But how do you do that? Right. Like, you know, ah, I don't know. It's tough. Mm-hmm. They're bringing a lot of them back. They bring back a lot of retired doctors and nurses and uh, professionals back in to help with this, which is nice. Uh, but yeah, it's scary. Well, shall we go on to happier topics? <laughs> <laughs> you might hear my dog crying in the background, just so you know. She's, uh, yeah, she's she was left alone. I think my wife oh. took the greyhound out to, for a walk, and she's now crying. So. <laughs> So Whatever. along with me, she's also crying <laughs> over Fair this enough. scary topic. Right. We can move on to something happier because we were supposed to do a happy episode. Wasn't this, yeah, this was supposed to be the happy episode. Yeah. Yeah. You may not know this, uh, Brad, but I've been talking about how um, we are in the darkest timeline. And like at the beginning of the year, I said, oh, we're out of the darkest timeline. It's okay. We started over. We're... But we made it. I maybe lied. <laughs> I think you maybe jinxed us. Yeah, I jinxed us. I yeah. jinxed us. <laughs> Listen, we, we knew 2020 was going to be bad when even within the first few days, things were already falling apart. Yeah. It's true. It didn't take long. It didn't take no, long. No, no. Yeah. So let's move on to something happier. I have, I have, um, am I the COVID idiot? question <laughs> all right <clears throat> okay so mine mine is surrounded uh around religion so um so this one is uh am i the covidiot for asking my lyft driver to change her radio station away from the christian religious rock it was on i want to rate her drive zero stars maybe one for the lovely beginning we had okay so here that was the title <laughs> okay <laughs> so here is here's the story I got in the car and didn't really hear the music. Everything was good. Totally nice lady having a full-on conversation with me. Uh, personally, I would rate her zero for having a conversation with me. Just don't talk to me. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. But you know, now, now we're like Uber, you can like uh, tell them, I don't want to talk <laughs> yes. to you. That's a great and I don't option. want any music. Yeah, basically, like, before you even get into the car, you can like set your preferences. And yeah. I always set it to, don't talk to me. <laughs> Leave me alone. I like yeah. it. All right. So we turned onto a busy road, and that's when 
The talking ended, and she kind of turned up her radio, which was playing a song chanting, Our God is Amazing. Fifty times later, after the guy sang, Our God is Amazing, again, I just got too annoyed and asked her to change it or turn it off. She said, no, it's my car, in a snarky tone. Maybe I should say that in a snarky tone. No, it's my car. I decided after about two songs later, it was a good time to mention I was going to give her zero stars for semi-forcing me to listen to Christian rock music. She said, really? You're going to rate me based off my music taste? The rest of the 15-minute ride was silent. Well, aside from the God is good, shove down, shove God down your throat or go to hell music playing in the background. Am I allowed to say hell? Yeah. Am I okay with that? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we're going to get flagged for. Okay. I'm at home now and on the rating screen. Would I be a COVID idiot to give her a bad rating because of this reason? I feel like I'm being a little entitled, but I also think it was like hell sitting in a car listening to that music for 20 minutes and she should accommodate to her customer's requests or just not listen to religious music in the first place while while inquiring with other people. Edit. I didn't blackmail her. I didn't say, if you don't change the music, I'll give you a bad review. I said, because you didn't change the music, I'm giving you a bad review. Mind was already set. Edit two. For the love of Satan, this isn't about the damn music, people. <laughs> okay. And that, <laughs> is this person a COVID-iot? <laughs> my, my feeling is, if you're going to be in the service industry, don't you normally need to listen to your customers? I know it, technically, yes, it's your car, but you're providing a service. And I, I, I know... One that I, you I know like you're going to get a rating on. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, so, You're going to get a rating on it. So, I my mean, if question you're a customer... is, why, why did this person with 15 minutes left tell the driver, giving you a zero stars, like that's an invitation just for an argument for 15 minutes? Yep, absolutely. That is yeah. not, not the best way to handle it, I would say. I think that makes this person a little bit of a COVID idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, that is. I, I would go along with that. Mm hmm. If you're going to give someone zero stars, give them zero stars. But, like, do it quietly in the privacy of your own home and don't, like, announce it to the person. Yeah. Like, what do you but expect? Unless, the, but unless that person, want, like, really wanted some kind of action, right? That person wanted it. them to turn off the radio, but they refused. So they fought back by saying, I'm going to give you <laughs> zero stars. <laughs> I have to imagine that anyone who loves Jesus enough to listen to Christian music, like that, you know, that, uh, that goes to the effort of putting on Christian music, there probably is not going to be receptive to being asked to turn it off, right? Like that's my guess. Uh, if I was in a car and someone was listening to Christian music, I'm going to assume they are pretty Christian and they would not appreciate uh, me being like, hey, can you turn off that uh, crappy Christian music, right? Like, <laughs> or I'm going to give you zero stars. So, like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. What you think is going to come out of that conversation, I guess. Like you said, right? You have 15 more minutes left. I can just put up with 15 minutes. Just do it. Give them a zero and don't take that person again, I guess, right? You get a choice. I've never used Uber, but do you get a choice? Like, you can pick your driver, can't you? Or, mm, or, no. well, it, it, or like, you deny. Get a sign. Okay. You, you get so a anyway. sign and I mean, ahead of time, you can kind of see, like, their star rating, but it doesn't have stuff like, 
I'm, I'm a Christian and I'm going <laughs> to be Christian playing music. Christian music. Yeah, fair enough. Is that fair a reason enough. to give someone zero stars, though? Like, tank their rating just because they played some music you didn't like? I feel like they deserve a zero star because they didn't listen to the customer. I feel like if if you are driving someone and it's... I mean, this is a service. You should follow what your customer prefers. Like, if, if let's say, uh, the temperature was too hot, for example, in the car, right? Like, wouldn't you want your the driver to, like, turn down the temperature if you're feeling uncomfortable? No, it's my car! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, technically it is, but you're working. <laughs> it's, uh... Yeah, even just, like, not even to make it about Arab, like, just take it and make it not Christian music. Put in Tool or Slayer that, you know, not to everybody's taste. So if someone comes in and says, like, hey, yeah, I don't know, like, this music kind of I really would rather not listen to this music for 15 minutes since I'm paying you. Exactly. If we could find something else, that'd be, you know, and maybe there's a more polite way to ask for someone to change their channel. I don't know. I mean, what if this person was like a Bieber lover and was playing like Justin Bieber nonstop? I mean, my God. That's I would have to say car, something man. about that. That's my car. I'm getting in that car. <laughs> I'm rolling out while the car's moving. <laughs> I Sorry, like Sherry. I don't know. Is that our criteria? Well, I, no, I'm not a Beaver fan. I was just joking. <laughs> Is that our criteria? Don't lie. For... <laughs> I mean, blast some Britney Spears. I'm in there. I'm in there. Maybe not Beaver though. Um, but like, is that our criteria for a good Lyft driver? Like, shouldn't driving factor into your star rating? Part of it. Should maybe she get like two stars? She drove well, but she didn't listen. She had crummy music on. Well, also I, I feel like the, the, the criteria for me for like a average drive is did they get you to your destination correctly and alive? So I feel like, okay, if you have, you at least met the minimum requirement. <laughs> give them one star for that and work your way up. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so pressured to give four stars or five stars or whatever it is on every drive even if I don't like the route they took or whatever, just because of like that social pressure of you have to give a good rating. Otherwise, this affects yeah. our business. Yeah, but I feel like, I mean, I, I don't want to be like overly tough on people, right? Like it, I, I, I can't think of a time where I had like a really, really bad drive. Like, I just feel like if they are going to get, if they can get you to your destination relatively, you know, safely and, you know, they didn't like, take you on a one-hour detour or something like that. To me, it's like, okay, you, you met the requirement. It's, it's, you get five stars. Should we maybe recommend this person takes the bus instead? Well, bring your own headphones. Bring your own headphones? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. When I take a cab, if, the, uh, you know, if there's some music or whatever, some talk radio or something, I don't really care. Actually, what, one time it was. It's like someone listening to the, the, the uh, taxi driver was listening to like some... Fox News. Yeah, it wasn't Fox News, but it was it was it was it was very uh, it was very it was like uh, it was like self help spiritual stuff. It was really weird. Anyway, I was like, okay, whatever, headphones, and that was fine because he got to listen to what he wanted to, and I got to listen to what I wanted yeah. to. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it, but is, is it like so offensive to someone if they were listening to like Christian music? I'm just trying to think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could depend on what the content yeah. of the song was. Like, you know, I, yeah. I don't know. And 
people react differently. I guess you know. Okay. And at the same time, it is temporary, right? I mean, you're not stuck in the car forever. That's kind of where I keep thinking from. Like, you know, it's a it's a few minutes. If it's yeah. that bad, just get through it. Give them their zero if it means that much to you, and move on yeah. with your day. This is like, I'm I have been very uh, mindful in the last uh, I'd say six to eight months, maybe. I was just trying to be very aware of uh, where I'm putting my energy. Like mm-hmm. I've, I have so much energy in a, you know, or, you know, like so much of a pie of energy. How much of that energy am I going to give to being mad at somebody for playing Christian music in my cab ride home? Right? Like it, how worth the energy expenditure is that? Probably not much. So like I would just try to find something else to think about or do during that time. Like it's just... I, I'm trying to be more positive. Sometimes I fail, but I'm trying, you know, trying to be much more mindful of fitting in more positive things in my energy pie chart rather than yeah. like, you know, getting angry and at, you know, the dumb things I see on Twitter or hear my friends or family say, or, you know, like they're everywhere and it's always going to be there. So, like, you know, how do I? I get. I can choose how I so, react to that. So you are you are the passenger in a car. How would you rate this person? I don't know. I don't. I feel I like I would have given. I feel like I would have given them five because I. I like even though I didn't want to. I wouldn't want to listen to Christian Seth, music. I've never had to rate anybody, so I don't actually know. But I would. Oh, okay. I, I, I would probably. I think the, the only got the zero because she got the snarky response to her snarky request right something and really yeah. that's kind of the thing that brought up the, the zero i feel like it was just yeah. the whole so like if you just minded your own business or maybe even just tried to have the talk like if it, if she said they had a nice conversation at the beginning try talking again <laughs> you know yeah. like find some, hey yeah you know like what do you like what do you like to do can you when turn you're not... the volume down by 50 yeah. percent? <laughs> even that you know like i feel like there's just a number of things that you could maybe do that would build a bridge, you know, uh, rather than make a, you know make a, a, a situation more tense. It's the, what is it? The three gates of uh, the three gates of speech uh, before you or before before you speak. Is it true? Uh, is it kind? Is it necessary? So those are the three things. You know that, that you can remember you, the three things that, you can remember right now. There might be there might be a fourth, <laughs> but like that's the sort of thing. Like, is it really necessary? Yeah. To uh, you know, to to ask someone for for that particular thing, like I don't I, think I would have just said, you know, can you turn it down? I'm listening to a podcast on Satanism. And I'm really interested. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I I I would have probably just handled the whole situation. I think I would have handled the situation just differently as the passenger, which would have hopefully not made for the tension, and she'd have gotten her. She'd have gotten her four stars so or whatever what, it was. Yeah. So what did the redditors think? That who who did they think was the uh, COVID idiot here? Because I, um, I initially felt like the the driver was the COVID idiot, but I, I'm I'm kind of torn now between. Is there uh, ever, didn't everybody properly? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's I, a I mystery. Think, I think the subreddit has a, a response of uh, everybody sucks here. Mm-hmm. As as one of the possible options, and I could go kind of along with that. Like yeah. maybe the maybe the passenger kind of sucks for mentioning it, and maybe the driver kind of sucks for not 
recognizing that they're in a customer service position and that maybe they should just suck this one up and think before putting on the – or ask. Like, hey, I'm going to put on some Christian worship music. Is that cool? No? Oh, all right, I'll just do it in 10 minutes when you're out of the car. Like, how hard I, is that? I still lean a little bit more to the driver because I feel like uh, at the end of the day, you know, customer service, it's, it, it's a tough job. Like, customer service, you kind of need to do what you need to I agree. your passenger happy. It does seem to be, yeah, I would agree that in, 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 as a customer service person, I think you do have more expectations on you than as the passenger. Mm-hmm. I think I think everybody sucks on a different gradient. I think maybe the driver sucks a little bit more just because as somebody who's been in the service industry as well, like you have to just suck things up. The amount of times I've had people like come up to me when I was working in retail and like say something that I didn't agree with. You just have to walk away and take a deep breath and and just change your behavior so that they feel comfortable. And then they can leave the store in like ten minutes. And then yeah. you can talk behind your behind their backs. <laughs> then you talk to your coworkers and you're like, "This jerk." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I you said know, this. And, and it's okay to be upset about these things. Like you're allowed to be upset about things. You're allowed to have your feelings. All right, you're just trying to be like, find more positive ways of like dealing with it. Right? Maybe have a mm. you know have a little vent session with your atheist friend after. Like, oh man. You wouldn't believe it. I was stuck there listening to this Christian music, and the, you know, like, and you can have a good laugh about it and whatever. Like, that yeah. seems to be more productive than turn off this Christian music, or I'm giving you a zero, <laughs> <laughs> and then giving them a zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So All that's right. my take, anyway. Okay, so we say everyone sucks. Maybe the driver sucks a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I can go with that. Okay. Brad, did you come up? I know we've given you like last minute notice on this recording. Did you come up with any? No, I didn't. I was kind of looking through. Uh, I mean, there's, and I do, I actually subscribe to that uh, subreddit. So I do see it come across my, uh, my Reddit feed uh, from time to time. Uh, I haven't, uh, I was kind of looking for one, you know, that was more specific to like, you know, God or Christianity or yeah. something a little more like, do you want to pick Religious. one from the front page right now? Just random. <laughs> well, I have, well, me... I have another one. By all means, let's go there then. If we want to go with that one. Sure. Okay. So the title, Am I the COVID idiot for telling my eight-year-old that religion exists so that priests can make rent? <laughs> Here's the <a> story. <laughs> you asked me to get funny ones, so I'm glad that you're laughing yeah. right now because I was like, I don't think I'm uh... funny, so I don't know if I can pick funny ones. Okay. That was a good one. Okay, this weekend my in-laws are having their yearly house blessing. We're Hindu, and some Hindus believe you should bring over a priest uh, once a year to bless the house. Sounds simple enough, but involves a lot of cooking, cleaning, running around to to 12 stores, getting weird stuff, and best of all, 50 family members who want to know why you're not married, thin, fair-skinned, call your mom every day, richer than Jeff Bezos. These house blessings are a pain in the butt, but we put up with them because, hey, inheritance. So we're over at my in-laws yesterday to help with preparations, and my eight-year-old daughter asks, why do these house blessings exist? While angrily peeling a potato, I said, because priests need to make rent. These priests have scared us into thinking that we need to go through all of this once a year, otherwise something terrible will happen. But the truth of the matter is, they just want our money. 
I can fling water and grass in the air while chanting, and I promise you it won't change anything. My mother-in-law jumps in and says, No, we do this because we want to invite God into our home once a year. God helps us stay healthy, do well in school, and helps us make more money. My daughter nods and goes off to play. This is followed by my mother-in-law, father-in-law, and husband telling me that I'm being a bad influence on my daughter, that I need to let her think for herself, that religion keeps people focused and on the right path, that I'm leading to the decline of our religion, and on and on. Am I the COVID-idiot? I'm going to say no. I think Kenny would love this one. (laughs) If he's talking to his daughter, he's allowed to have that conversation with his daughter. Yeah. Um, You know, and I wouldn't say he was wrong. So, uh, yeah. Uh, If the grandparents are sad that maybe their little, you know, little spots getting blown up, that's unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, Yeah. if if it was like you're talking to maybe someone else's kid, you're the Kavidiot. But it's his own kid. That's I've true. had many like conversations this, it, with my daughter about these yeah, things. Exactly. I mean, it's it's their own child. Like, what yeah. what are they supposed to do? <laughs> say? Like, just get tell them a different version of what you actually believe in. And right, right. Just because your parents are there, but then go back later and be like, I was just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only say this to you, say that when you know my grandpa and grandma are around. Right. Which you know this is exactly the first thing that your kid would tell them next time they saw them. So you're going to be in trouble and you're supposed one way to, or another. No, you're not supposed to teach children to lie. So it's not like, it's I mean, if you're going to be lying to your own parents in front of your child, yeah, they're going to call you up on What gets me in this it. one is that the uh, parents-in-law were saying um, that they want her to think for herself. Sorry, they said that I need to let her think for herself that religion keeps people focused and on the right path. But religion doesn't really let people think like if, if we were letting her think for herself, then we would present both options like this guy did. Right. She asked a question thinking for herself and one of them gave her an honest answer. Mm. Maybe snarky, (laughs) but honest, but I love it. So, but it's the best answer ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I was to say he's not wrong. So I don't know. I, I have a hard time. I'd have a hard time calling him the covidiot here for sure. Mm-hmm. I I copied and pasted this one correctly. So the internet said that everyone sucks for this one. Oh yeah, interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm on the page right now as well. So I could the, the top vote is everyone sucks. I could all the the I could see that he sucks for saying that. In front of his other family that he also knows clearly is into this and that that could be disrespectful, right? Like, I don't say, like, when my family's over or we're with my wife's family, who's Jewish, right? Like, I don't, when things come up and they're like, oh, say a prayer for this or, you know, or, thank, you know, thank God, whatever. You know, like, and, and my daughter has questions. She asks a lot of questions about God and Jesus and man, you know, but... I, at no point have I ever been like, I'm never dismissive about it. So I will, you know, as I was saying, his answer is a little bit snarky. You can, whatever. Yeah. But the t- the top comment here is, you know, uh, in my opinion, kids should be allowed to make up their own minds. But I feel like in this situation, they weren't really given that option. No, no, no. So I feel like that, that that's invalid by that comment. No, wish she was not. And this is the kind of the that's kind of how I sort of couch these things with Anna. You know, she's like, "What? You know, 
what's uh, I, don't, I, I don't have a question off the top of my head, but she's going to ask me certain questions. I'll be like, I don't know the I don't know the answer to that question. But what, you know, she, actually, well, the, uh, the most recent one was something about Jesus having long hair, right? She's like, did Jesus have long hair? <laughs> And she's like, did Jesus actually have long hair? And that was what the you know question was. And I'm like, well, you know, like, I don't know. Uh, you know, that was 2,000 years ago, and we did not have cameras. So I do know that there is not a single picture of Jesus with long hair. So I can't say. He could have had short hair. He could have had long hair. But that doesn't really matter. So it's just sort of just trying to refocus her, like, these are great questions. But, like, does it really matter? Right? Like, think about the things that actually matter. Like, sort of like this girl. Like, why are we doing this? That's a great question, you know? Why are we doing this thing with the house? And those are the kind of questions that, like, when Anna asks, right? Like, you know, like, why do, you know, why do people sing in church? It's, like, you know, one of the questions that she's asked before, right? I'm like, well, that's how, like, singing is special to them, and that's what they do. So... That's fair. But like, that's a more uh, a better thinking question, like what the girl in this story asked. And then there are questions that are maybe just a little more goofy that you can get maybe a little more snarky with. Or not maybe snarky, but a little more funny with, I guess. I don't know. Every question is different. Every kid is different. But didn't they say they were blessing the house because they... What, what was the reason? They wanted to... It's a yearly house blessing, like and it, it helps, yeah, bring One of the things was that God helps them help make and... more money, which I thought was a little weird, but, yeah, okay. I mean, God does everything, didn't you know? <laughs> I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I could see him being maybe a little bit for sort of maybe being that vocal and dismissive in front of his family, who he knows this is probably important to. Again, which is a thing that's... I, when, when that comes up around my family, I'll go along with it. Like my mom will say, you know, oh, you know, the weather will be nice. Oh, I prayed for I prayed for good weather, and we got to come here today. I'm like, yep, that's great. <laughs> doesn't matter that we had I, like, a, like it doesn't matter that we've had like three weeks of great weather. It was definitely your prayer that made today good weather. Yeah. <laughs> I also <laughs> you know? feel like like the in laws feel offended because. Um, they it's almost like you know she made light of the situation and like religion is supposed to be sacred and but in reality i mean it's it's only sacred because people put religion on this pedestal right, right. that's untouchable right. and can't you can't question it and parents want us to continue on with traditions so i can see why like she would maybe feel threatened by her son not carrying on her traditions or something like that yeah and that's sort of not a problem with us i mean we still do christmas and we do hanukkah and so we still do sort of the cultural things that we both grew up with right but without like just you know so as i mentioned anna's turning seven and i think it was just this past christmas was the first time that she really uh, learned what the nativity was and like that Christmas has anything to do with Jesus. So it took her six years to figure out that Jesus has something to do with the Christmas, co- that Christmas coincides with what a lot of people believe to be Jesus's birthday. But I haven't even, she doesn't necessarily even link that, that part yet. She just knows that those things happen at the same time, <laughs> right? That's when she starts seeing nativity scenes pop up at churches. So it's the same time as Christmas. Yep. That's right. <laughs> Total total coincidence. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it's a it's a fun little thing managing that with her, with my Catholic parents and Esther's Jewish parents, and 
or family, well, family, Catholic family and Jewish family. And yeah, there's and some strong belief on both sides. So we, we definitely, you know, have, uh, she, she hears things and comes up with some questions. So it's very important that I don't be this guy, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, when answering her questions, like in front of people, even just in front of her, like I said, I don't want her to be necessarily dismissive of it because she's going to have friends who are, you know, I don't want her to be who will like, believe. Right. And be like, well, that's so stupid. Right. Well, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not an okay thing to say. Right? Even if, you know, that you internally might somewhat feel like that, that's not an appropriate way to express it. Right. And, I, and so I don't want her being that person. And so we're very, very careful about how, sort of how we talk about those things, even despite how negatively, you know, I feel about some of those things. Right. Cause yeah. Anyway, that's my so, thought. So, I mean, in, in that case, then, I mean, in this scenario, they're essentially kind of putting the priests in a more negative light. So, I, I can see how if someone, obviously, the in-laws, they they believe uh, in in the religion. So, clearly, this sentence about uh, the priest needs to make rent, and they've scared us into. <laughs> Uh, thinking uh, into kind of believing this. so. But I mean, everyone needs to make rent. So is that negative? Maybe explaining to the kid like, hey, this is a business and we invest in a lot of different kinds of businesses and this is a service business. <laughs> and this is a, I'm like, and they hey, this play is a make-believe business. <laughs> it's a service. I mean, there are services that provide things that aren't tangible, like... Therapists yeah, provide, I, I could, you know, emotional. I, if I were the child, I'll be like, can't, "Why can't I just fling water into the air?" And, <laughs> <laughs> and I would say that that's a great question for a child to ask. Huh? Why can't you? And I would say that's your new business. <laughs> <laughs> let's get some why money involved in here. Why don't yeah. you start a cult and let's start <laughs> making some money? <laughs> it's a hot business right now. These cults. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And apparently um, religion, too. Maybe you can provide some COVID-19 healing or cleansing. <laughs> oh, um, please, cleansing. no. Have you seen, have you seen oh some, of the, uh, some of the, uh, was, it Pat, was it Pat Robertson? Oh, God, I don't or, even know. Um, I've seen some more horrible videos. Of, <sighs> um, there, there's some rumors around saying, like, uh, camel urine. Oh, oh. Uh, I heard that one. Here's COVID nineteen. Oh so no! So there, there's a video uh, that oh, was posted no. on the um, the ex Muslim uh, Facebook page. There's a like organization in the U.S. called Ex Muslims. Yep. Other uh, obviously you know, ex Muslims, but basically they posted a video of someone, uh, you know, holding up their hands in a cup, collecting uh, pee from a camel that's currently peeing. Oh. Splashing it on their face and then drinking it, <laughs> oh. and I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I Imagine like... doing that and still getting the coronavirus. That would just <laughs> and probably be... other other diseases. <laughs> that would oh, suck. <laughs> you man. just invested a lot into that one <laughs> cleansing procedure. Yeah! Wow. Ew. That's awful. No, I, I, I think it was. I want to say it was uh, Jim Baker. One of them was selling like colloidal silver or something as yeah, a I heard as a silver. cure for uh, as a cure or a pre- might have been a preventive med- no. measure for. But it was just like <laughs> that man, won't work. 
No, no. And people were drinking the silver, though, wasn't that it? That they were drinking it? Yeah, yeah, you drink it. That definitely won't work. (laughs) And it turns your skin... Like it turns there's if you if you look up there's a look up on the internet of like the, the colloidal silver guy. There's this picture of this dude who's got like this bearded older dude whose face is just like blue. Like oh. it's the weirdest I don't it's awful. So yeah, so don't do that if anyone's yeah. listening to this Please. podcast and uh, wants to try colloidal silver. <laughs> we do not advise that. Or <laughs> not only trusted sources <laughs> only trusted sources are your doctor. CDC, yes. maybe, and the WHO. Yes. Go mm-hmm. to those places. Everything else. Don't listen to Trump. That's the most important <laughs> thing. Do the Jesus, opposite no. of what he says. The <laughs> opposite. Well, Are we done? Is this yep. it? <laughs> I think this is it. <laughs> we, we Are you sending to... me back to isolation? Exactly. We, we yeah. tried to make it a little more fun and light. Oh, it's so hard in this climate, though, to actually like have some joyous laughter and conversation because all you want to talk about is everything you've heard about COVID-19. Maybe I should let me I, I saw this really funny video. Are you going to play it on the Zoom thing? I'm, I'm, tr- I'm going to try. I'm oh, my try God. To... This is so cool. OK, I'm ready for it. Increase the audio. Hopefully, it can record. I, it can. You can hear it. What's up, guys? My house hippo just got diagnosed with COVID nineteen. I'm gonna be logging off for a while, so this is gonna be the last video I'm gonna post. Did you hear what he said? That my house hippo has been uh, 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 infected by COVID nineteen, so I'm going off. Do you? Do, yeah, do you understand that reference? No. Oh my god, really? Okay. Okay, now now I definitely need to show it. <laughs> uh, okay. So he's not infected with COVID-19. His house hit, though. He's totally making a joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, these young kids and their jokes. <laughs> No, but it, the thing is, this joke is not for young kids at all. It's supposed to be for our age. Is it like one of those mini hippos? Wait, I think I might understand it. Oh, look. Ooh. I think I saw this. Yeah. It's nighttime in a kitchen just like yours. All is quiet. Or is it? The North American house hippo is found throughout Canada and the eastern United States. House hippos are very timid creatures and are rarely seen, but they will defend their territory if provoked. They come out at night to search for food, water, and materials for their nests. The favorite foods of the house hippo are chips, raisins, and the crumbs from oh, peanut butter on toast. Look at the tiny they prince. build their nests in bedroom closets using lost mittens, dryer lint, and bits of string. The nests have to be very soft and warm. House hippos sleep about 16 hours a day. That looked really real, but you knew it couldn't be true, didn't you? That's why it's good to think about what you're watching on TV and ask questions, kind of like you just did. A message from Concerned Children's Advertisers. Mm, it's a good it, was a, it, it was an ad from uh, like the 1990s. It, it was like on TV everywhere in Canada. So, so anyways, it's one of those like Canadians of a certain age should be able, maybe can pick it up or understand it. But there's some fun stuff. I, I To be honest, like some of the... The memes out there are pretty pretty funny during these times. 
I'm not on TikTok yet. Maybe I should get on TikTok and you can show me these funny videos because, like, I, I'm struggling to find good things to fill my day with. Like, I just need some positivity. I keep yeah. Tick- going through TikTok news stories. TikTok is fun, and... but the, uh, the problem I have with TikTok is, I mean, there is a large majority of, like, really young kids there. I'm just like, oh, my God. It's like, gotta, like, get get through some of them. And then uh, uh, my favorite, my two favorite types of TikToks are ones created by uh, grandparents and cats <laughs> those are like only two i was gonna say cats it's gonna be cats isn't it <laughs> oh my god the cats ones are the best <laughs> anything with a cat <laughs> oh i yeah i feel like we gotta end on a happy note of stop stop going and looking at the news just look at the house hippos wash your hands yes exactly so thanks everyone for listening and we'll check you guys out in the next episode Bye. Bye. <laughs> Can we just like take I a timestamp or something? Like this, this is awful. We're never gonna get this, <laughs> Kenny. This is a nightmare to like for you to. One edit. more try. One more try. <laughs>